Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the most violent PG film you've ever seen. Until we get to the sequel, which forced us to change the ratings. I'm Ian, I'm Alex. And I'm the cuddliest rated R movie you've ever seen. That's right, the King's Speech is here. It's Britain. <laughs> also, I don't know if that movie's necessarily cuddly, but anyway. How you guys uh, doing was- tonight? I was waiting. I was. I was hoping. I was like, "Is he going to actually like reference a movie, or is he just going to leave it ambiguous?" <laughs> and you did it. Britain hates. He hates mentioning movie titles. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, boys? Uh, doing okay. Yeah. I'm. Ex- I'm. I'm excited. We we're we're away from Bond for oh, a little it's while. It's a new day. Which means Britain and 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 Tyler, they're they're through the roof with excitement and happiness and joy because they don't have to talk about Bond anymore. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but our new hero isn't as much fun to impersonate. Wah wah. And who is that hero, Tyler? What are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was a translation of. Or a, 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 an exchange of facial expressions that's not going to translate in the slide. <laughs> no, but it was good. Just, just no audience. It was really funny. Okay, it was, it was a real funny. We, you know, we got a lot of chemistry here on Eric on the sequels. It's real good. <laughs> that's why uh, it works. That's most, most works. of that chemistry is based on eye contact. <laughs> that's correct. Um, it's perfect for a podcast. We are reviewing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hey, correct. Starting off the Indiana Jones franchise. Alex says, tired as though he just saw a bunch of snakes. See, I've never actually interacted with snakes a whole lot, so it's not it's not one of those things where I'm like, I don't even know if I'd, if I'd have, like, a phobia or not. Uh, he just said interacted with. As though you'd have to, like, play cards or, like, sure. have, like you know, like, they're your Uber driver or something. You really gotta get to know a snake I take them shopping, you, can... you know? Yeah, I gotta, exactly. Uh, Gotta take them to get groceries. So what do you need? You've heard of... Mostly socks, right? You've heard of car snake. Car snake. But how about mall snake? <gasps> or what about my favorite character from Zoo, ghost snake? Or... I think we need to pitch a terrible set of straight-to-DVD movies to Disney right now. I agree. Snake buddies. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all of somehow it's less, all of these snakes. Somehow less marketable to children, and we don't know why. Yeah. I, and I also, solid say, no, snake no, no, is it's, there it's, from it's Metal all the Gear. dogs, but but we have snake heads superimposed over the, <laughs> the dog heads. I can get with that. I, I don't think I can. That sounds disturbing. Yeah. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> this is from this 1981. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It has a 95% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 96% audience score. Um. That's definitely among the highest um, of any of the movies we have ever done for the podcast. Sure. It's rated uh, like, I think it's ranked like 41, somewhere in the 40s on IMDb's top rated movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is not necessarily a definitive. Uh... No, no. <laughs> well, if this is anything, it, it just says that enough oh, people yeah, feel strongly people, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 that's, that's what's interesting about those lists. It's, it, it doesn't tell you how good something is, but it's interesting to see like what has made people vocal enough. Right. Enough people vocal enough to vote for stuff and rate it a certain way. Um, yeah, it's 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 an int- it, it'll be. I was telling Tyler before we started recording. It'll be interesting to talk about a movie that is pretty, you know, fly, like objectively good. Yeah. You know, like it. 
Yeah, I remember with Dark Knight, we didn't have as much comedy to do because it's just like, it's a great movie. Like, let's just break it down. Um, so let's break it down. Who wants to go first is best and worst? That rhymed. Tyler, you go. Oh, all right. The ball is firmly in your court. Um, hmm. There are a lot of ways I can go with this as far as, as, far as best thing. I, I think overall my best thing... I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I'm giving a best thing that like actually reflects overall how I feel about the movie and isn't a re- specifically isn't a reaction to the James Bond franchise and the things it does so much better than many of the movies we have reviewed for that. Which I guess I should point out for the uninitiated, mm-hmm. uh, this movie is very much a response to Steven Spielberg not being able to direct a James Bond movie, right? Because Cubby Broccoli and Co turned him down. Sure. Uh, so, so George Lucas told him, "Forget about James Bond. I've got an idea. Forget about Cubby. <laughs> you don't <laughs> which, need him. You don't need him, Steve." Which is one of the few times George Lucas has ever said something, and it actually sounded like a good idea. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I think that, that, uh, he suggested you get pizza one night. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the other ones. <laughs> um. So, so Tyler, go ahead. Best and worst. Yeah. Um. But I, I think overall, the, my my best thing for this, um, I'm tempted to go with Harrison Ford. I'm sure one of you will take him, or maybe you won't. I don't know. But um, I'm going to go with the fact that this movie does not slow down. No, the pace is <laughs> wonderful. It's it's so just like, I mean, it's it's a bit. Um, I, I I couldn't stop talking about this or praising this when we reviewed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, or actually, I, I guess it was was it just Curse of the Black Pearl. Was that before they did a subtitle on the that movie? I don't remember. No, the um, first one was had Curse of the Black Pearl as part of the title. You know, the, so that's what I'm saying, though, was Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. It was the full title. It yeah. wasn't just Curse of the Black yes. Pearl. Yeah, it anyway. No. Um, not not the point. Uh, that movie, uh, very similarly, uh, is one that just like feels very tight. It's very clever and just yeah. you know does not let up. Um, and this, uh, perhaps even more kind of importantly for an adventure movie... Is just so rollicking and fun, and does not slow down. Um, the momentum and sort of the the goal is always in front of in front of you. You know where it's going. Um, it, it establishes the you know kind of the the general uh, information that you need to know about the plot in the first like twenty minutes when uh, Indiana sits down with uh, some the like is it FBI, CIA, U.S. government peeps. Um, government the, uh, men. Top yeah, men. Top men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, he sits down with them and they just like explain all of the stakes. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we need you to get this thing. There's Nazis. Uh, they're trying to get this thing. Um, they're, they, they figured this out. We need you to figure this out. Go. Yeah. And he goes. And from, you know, next scene, he's talking to Marion. Immediately the bar burns down. Yeah. And from there, it's just, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of great dialogue and great, great sort of tense tension building scenes, but the overall just direction of the action is, is so good and, and just continues to build towards the finale. And, um, it's, it's really, it's just really impressive. And it's, it's, I love the fact that it's not like, cause when I say action, it's not, you know, the thing you would think about in, in terms of modern day action movies where you've got car chases and you've got yeah. combat yeah generally you know maybe shootouts on the, in the street sure. or whatever 
this is so much more creative in everything that happens. There's so many interesting set pieces. Um, he, he boxes a dude as a plane is, is oh, circling yeah. around around him with the propellers uh, at full That's speed. That's my personal like, favorite. He, yeah, yeah. Um, he just, I mean, there there's so much stuff that is really cool to watch, and it's not what you would think they would go for. Um, because it feels, it makes, I mean, the movie fits the character. It feels very sort of... Making uh, it up as it goes. Yeah, but yeah, not, um, yeah. Adapting and, and, and a very sort of uh, spunky, <laughs> just sort of, yeah, you know, sure. uh, underdog type movie um, fits the tone perfectly. Yeah, I, I think I think just the pacing is, I guess, what I'm talking around here. It's it's superb. No, I, I agree, and I feel like those dialogue scenes and uh, are, are not there. They ne- they don't halt that momentum. No. They let you catch your breath. Yes, they're there to help you go. All right, and now let's do a little more story stuff. Yeah. Get us to the next yeah. piece, so you continue to understand what's going on. But and, but it's also peppered with again clever dialogue and fun performances, so mm-hmm. it's never boring. I, I, we've seen action movies that are the set the action scenes are great mm-hmm. but then you're just kind of waiting in between them yes. I felt so, kind of like that with Aquaman but sure. with, not not super strongly but that's just the first one I could think of but with this it's like that momentum is that hum is always there yes. you're always like you said you're always going forward so yeah I, I totally agree I, I had that same thought it's so efficient too yes. it's an hour and 55 minutes mm-hmm. like it's a huge action mercifully that is blissfully but, just. I know. It's crazy, and it's done so beautifully. And it doesn't, but it doesn't feel like anything was left out. It doesn't right. feel like, you know, we didn't. It wasn't satisfying. It doesn't feel like, oh, I guess, okay, it's short, but like, it. it I don't know. It felt very quick. And well, efficient. that's a, that's a good where it doesn't quite quite crack two hours. Yeah, which I think is is right around where you you want a good sort of full satisfying action experience to right. be where you know you've you've got the yeah. adventure experience because that's the i mean i say action it's not just that it's also you know the scenes where he's trying to get into the uh or get to the ark when the, yeah. the snake pit and everything and like there's the scene where they're all standing around digging up the ark and the, yeah. the storm is, is in the background and it's like the kind of maybe intentionally off green screen it's a little weird um yeah some of the effects are kind of strange in this movie and we can talk about that but all things considered it, it's just every scene is very interesting and very yeah. creative and new and purposeful um, yes agreed um, good stuff good stuff yeah do you guys so remember much. when A View to a Kill was 17 minutes longer than this <laughs> what was A View to a Kill I'm sorry I don't remember that movie oh, it was 211 it was like, <laughs> it was like 211 212 yeah yeah uh... so what was your worst thing um <laughs> I think my worst thing it is difficult to pick one um, in terms of yeah. not having enough options not having too many options I should clarify uh, I think for me it, it mostly boils down to the you know I just kind of praise the pacing um, I think some of the editing choices mm. within that are kind of strange. Um, yeah, it's a little frenetic. Yes, yeah. and, and there there are a lot of cases where we kind of clip really quickly from one place to the other. Sure. Um, some, I mean, some of it's brilliant, and you know, it's Spielberg. He knows what he's doing. But uh, I think to kind of achieve that pace, there is a little bit where, like, scene to scene, I notice something and be like, "Oh, that was kind of a weird cut." I don't know why we, you know, like we didn't really yeah establish I, things from one scene to the next. But then 
I mean, all, uh, and that kind of, I think, contributes to, to the sort of, uh, what I was talking about with that underdog mood or yeah, mentality. Yeah. You know, it is kind of scrappy. Um, it has it has a little bit of, it's not, it's a little frayed, maybe, as yes. it's not ragged, yes. but it's, there's a little bit um, of loose thread. So, I mean, it's not, it's not really a major complaint, but no. I, I do think that some of it's a little bit jarring, especially in the beginning. There's a few different sure. moments where we're just like, oh, we're doing, okay, yeah, I guess we're here yeah. now. All right. And then from there, it sort of smooths out more, but. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Alex, do you want to go or shall I? You can go. So I think my... Uh, I'll do worse first. Uh, would be that John Rhys Davies is in this movie. He's awesome. He's really good in the movie. He is playing a character named Salah. Sure. And he is a white person. <laughs> um, so that's, you know... Potentially I, problematic. Yeah, I get wanting John Rhys Davies in your movie. Who wouldn't? Sure. But, you know... Yeah. That that's that that was my my problem, uh, but then my best thing I'm gonna say is I'm gonna there's a lot to pick from, but I'm gonna go with Karen Allen, just sort of all over. I thought she was a lot of fun in this. Uh, she's beautiful, but also like really cute. And and the thing I found really engaging about her in this movie this time around was she feels so much like a normal person. Yes. Within I mean obviously everything's pitched up a little bit because it's a big silly not silly but like high energy fun movie. But she, Karen Allen just kind of has this vibe of like, she doesn't seem like a movie actor. She seems like a human being. You know, just like a person. And I loved her chemistry with uh, Ford. And I felt like she, she is damseled a lot, but I feel like she's never damseled because the character is weak or incapable. On the, on the contrary, I think she's constantly fighting back and she saves Indiana Jones at least once. Like, she's constantly putting up a fight and like very much making her voice heard. Which I enjoyed, and I just I don't know I really enjoyed her her presence in in the movie. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen her in a whole lot. She hasn't done a lot of big movies. She's been working for a long time, but um, the other big movie she was in, to my knowledge, is Starman, which I need to rewatch. But yeah, I like she's her also in Animal House. Is she? Huh. Yes, I haven't seen that. It's really well, funny. Yeah, your turn, Alex. Um, well, just to go off Karen Allen real briefly, uh, I find it interesting just as a comparison to the Bond movies, this is kind of what Bond movies need more of in terms of, we need a girl that's had experience with James Bond. Yeah. Because I'm sick of them. I'm sick of this faux falling in love story that they keep going round and round and round every single time. Yeah. Um, And like we mentioned, even with like the last one, like uh, Barbara Bach's character was supposed to show up in A View to a Kill and then they ended up not doing that. I'm like, why, why was... The idea should have been to bring her back as the main Bond girl in the first place, not just yes. like a side character. Um, and I think this movie really excels at that because you just you get a lot of the the early relationship building stuff out of the way, and it's just mm-hmm. we've got a very good scene to set up their their relationship. That way, you immediately know where both of them stand, right? Um, and we don't kind of have to beat around the bush and like wait for them to fall in love, so to speak, because it's like, oh, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, when he, yeah, I was having some real uh, King Killer Chronicles flashbacks when he goes to her. I'm like, ah, so she's opened the Waystone Inn under the name of Coat. I see. Is Bast going to show up soon? That's for somebody out there. <laughs> Here I am, the one light in the darkness. I saw. I've seen the King Killer's 
King Killer Chronicle. What's the fir- the the name of the wind? The na- I've seen it in a in a bookstore, and it, it looked like a very pretty book. It's, it's a very a, nice it's, edition it's a of the book. book. There, there <laughs> was it was specifically it had a nice binding. There were the, 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 the painting. I think the, the the pages were like red. I want to say it was very oh, neat. interesting. They're like oh, like, like a red like like kind of the the yeah. I forget what you call that. The but rim the, of the page. Yeah, the, yeah. The trim was the cover like a tree with a face that was like yeah, screaming at like you. A, That's yeah, a great yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. It was that's not the version I have. That's a very very pretty edition. I have not read it. I believe that is the. Cathay. The Cathaych? The Cathay? Don't talk to it. It's evil. Go on. Alex. All right. Good to know. <laughs> oh if you ever come God. across a Cathay. Personal uh, or um, yeah. public service announcement. Pro tip um, from Britain don't talk to the Cathay. Yeah. Or Falurian. Go on. <laughs> well then. Uh, <laughs> with all of that said. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll, I'll go for the other obvious thing to go for for best thing. I'll just say the Indiana Jones March. Okay, it's easily oh, right. one of John Williams' best pieces of music ever. Um, and every time it kicks in, I get excited. Yes, uh, it, it does evoke that '40s gung ho adventure, and they spirit. use it in such a fun way in this, where it it kicks in in the middle of fight. It's not, you know, we we had noticed. The James Bond franchise does a lot of Bond will do something cool and then burn it, burn, burn, you know, right, it'll, it'll right. kick it's, in. It's the stinger. Um, whereas this is like Indiana Jones is in the middle of a of a fist fight where he's getting you know just beaten to the ground and like is just scrambling around trying to figure out how to get out of this and it's just dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> like the, it's almost like mocking him or like <laughs> it's like when he's swinging on the vine uh, to get onto the plane at the beginning. Yeah, I think it's like he's like midway there and it's like. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like at, he's like swimming in the river, like right, holding onto his right. hat as it's as it's blaring. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's an extremely good score. Yeah, he's a fun. Yeah, uh, he's a fun character. Yeah, for for me, I think John Williams, in terms of his two best thing themes, are, are kind of this and Superman. Uh, yeah. But they, you know, they they do sound fairly similar. Uh, maybe that's why. I think they're they're among the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really like that theme. Um, everyone likes that theme. What am I saying? Um, worst thing is kind of tricky because um, like Britain said, this is one of those movies where it's just like it's good. Like, yeah. Why, <laughs> what do you want are, from us? Why are we even discussing it? Um, I will probably not rate this as highly as the two of you. Only because I have a brand yes, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> um, and Tyler and I have discussed this before about James Bond versus Indiana Jones and how you know they're similar in the way that the audience has grown up with them. Because um, like I, I grew up with James Bond, Tyler grew up with Indiana Jones, so it's kind of I have a lot more nostalgia and attachment to, to James Bond and Tyler the same with Indiana Jones. Um, so when I'm watching this. I just I don't quite get into it as much as I feel like I should. Um, and just full disclosure, first Indiana Jones movie I ever saw was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that being said, all they had to do to get me excited was to have the trailer play the Indiana Jones theme, and I immediately <laughs> like not even knowing Indiana Jones very well, going that looks that looks and sounds exciting. Sure. Um, so yeah, I. I like being you know younger than than 12 I had virtually no experience with Indiana Jones 
Um, so I didn't really grow up with it that much. So watching the movie, I, I'm, I'm going, yeah, I get it. Like, I get why everybody loves this. I get why it's a classic and it's important to cinema and all that. I just don't get that excited about it. Like, this movie doesn't immediately come to mind when I think of, like, what are my, what are movies that really stick with me? Mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark doesn't. I've only, I have only seen it, like, two or three times, but. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason, I, I, I think it's more just, I have virtually no nostalgia tied with this movie. Like a, most people do. Um, but all that being said, long monologue there. Um, it's hard to come up with the worst thing. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking, like, what is structurally wrong with the thing? <laughs> and nothing really. Um, yeah, I don't think it commits this any, is... like, halting sins, you know? No. And even the sins that people think it commits, it's they're not really sins. Like Gluttony. People saying Indiana Jones <laughs> is not... Like, people saying that Indiana Jones actually has no bearing on the plot, which is not true. I think I, I was thinking about that today, yeah. It's also not the point. Right. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter, and it's actually a lot funnier, or... Not not funnier, but it's it's more... I think it feels more clever it lends if, to the spirit if it's literally it. just... Yeah, the spirit of, of he's just there. And I think... <laughs> and he happens yeah. to... Well, do you want to get into that now, or wait? <laughs> I still haven't done my worst Yeah, thing. I was going to say... Uh, gonna... I'm sorry. This has been a, a preamble. Um, but yeah, there, there's nothing really structurally wrong with it, and this is just what happens like when you have the perfect combination of George Lucas comes up with a story, Lawrence Kasdan, a real writer, writes your screenplay, and then Spielberg directs. Like, perfect combination yeah. of all the elements going on there. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just have to get nitpicky. I, I feel like some of the special effects are, are just like very weak. And I don't know if it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's inspired by 40s and 30s adventure serials where they were made on the cheap and the special effects. Yeah, like Cocoa Puffs. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's the only one. Uh, It's the only only series. But but there were a couple of moments that I found very distracting. Um, One of which was when they're trying to get to the tomb where the actual arc is and it's like Mm -hmm. lightning and stuff and... There's, like, terrible... I don't know if it's rear projection or green screen or whatever, but it looks really bad. Yeah. Um, and then I think the worst offender is when Indiana Jones has the staff with with the little uh, jewelry piece on top, and he's pointing it, and the, the uh, light rain... The sun rays coming in, and it shines on the location of the arc. And I have no idea what's supposed to be happening there, because um, it looks like it's, like, a laser blast or something. I'm like, is this supposed to be like a religious event? Is God telling him where it is, or is it literally just, you know, it's reflecting through the the, the jewelry and it's pointing at the location? Because that's that's not what it would look like. I don't know. Sure. It, it felt like a weird place to just shove in a special effect. I, mean, I think that within the story, the believers would have felt that that was God directing them. So yeah, but Indiana Jones isn't that. a believer, so I don't but know maybe, what maybe I'm they, supposed to get from they that. Just gotta, yeah, and I think it was also just to, make, know, it, the, to the make it look cool. You know? The Ark of the Covenant blows some people's faces off yeah. in this movie. I yeah, mean, a bunch of Fantasias come out of it. Yeah. I didn't find... Well, those, those special effects didn't bother me at all. They might be a little bit dated, but that stuff didn't bother me. Yeah. Well, I mean... And it, it might just be because they're so violent... And this movie's violence is just wonderful. Well, that's what I was going to say. You're talking about... How can this movie... This movie's PG. Remember how much blood there is in this movie? Yep. Then you cut to 
to uh, 27, 28 years later in X-Men Origins Wolverine, a movie about a murderer with claws has no, like, n- not a single drop of blood in that whole movie. Yep. Ridiculous. And and also, we should point out, you're talking about, I think, generally the sort of... I mean, really, the, those, those scenes in particular are just effects that are, like, CGI or... I don't know if it would have been considered... Not even CGI at the time, but like the CGI and the green screen and the more digital effects. Um, I can't tell if it's digital or if it's just animated after the fact. Yeah, I yeah, think it's but just artists, to, you know. But basically, the practical effects in this movie, there are a ton that are very good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. The yeah. the stretch of the the fight with the big bald Nazi with the the mm-hmm. plane and the the propellers turning around that's my favorite action scene, and then also that. Does that lead into the truck chase, or is that yes. beforehand? That leads okay. into it. That whole stretch is my favorite part of the movie. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. And also the the bar fight where the bar burns down, I completely love that. I remember Tyler and I were watching this together, and I go, I, this, is, this is what I want. I just want like a really good gunfight. Can they have that in a James Bond movie yeah. again? Please. Yes, the Waystone Inn, before it was set <laughs> oh upon God. by the Skraling. And we lost, who was it? Ben? I can't remember. No. You're really... I was going to say Alex, but, you know. Yeah, probably. You're, you're, you're really not helping your case, Britain. Oh, oh we got some thunder. Oh. Uh-oh, guys. Guys, why did we choose to record in this haunted mansion? <laughs> I mean, I know if we make it through the night, we get to keep it, but still. I was I was going to go for a haunted is, is mansion this, theme, this... and the first thing that came oh to my, my mind was the Jurassic Park theme, and I, <laughs> I was like, that's not, that's not scary. That's not... I, now I'm just imagining that. you guys are sitting there in this haunted mansion, um, and I'm like the, the the character that you reach out to, like that that nerdy generic professor in a horror movie who's like, yeah. the demon you're dealing with is Bagul, and here's <laughs> what it does to you. Is a Bagul. I like a, the, the archetypal <laughs> uh, Dr. Egad from Luigi's Mansion, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, correct. I just hope we don't see a g-g-g-ghost. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Can you hear that at all, Alex? I have a feeling it's not no. even getting picked up. I feel like we do this a lot where we mention something that's happening outside I remember there, and literally no one can hear it. I remember there was one episode you guys like, got into an argument about a, car, a truck backing up and I was like and I was like I think I hear it but maybe I'm just like imagining it to help So them. now I need to go in and I'm I need to start believing. adding sound effects to make sure that See the worst I mean, part some episodes that don't make sense. completely forgetting Tyler's completely forgetting one of the episodes where Joseph guest starred. He actively voiced that. He complained about that. He's like, you guys keep bringing up these sounds that are going on outside, and I can't hear them. Stop it. And we will continue to do it, Joseph. It happens. On, professional podcasters do it all the time. We can't hear with other people's ears. That's why there's racism. If that doesn't that turn you deep. away from this podcast, nothing will. Guys, if I could teach the world to hear, it would be super ableist of me. Um, also, <laughs> my original point, by the way, before yes. the thunder started, yes. uh, and and the heavens clearly did not want me to finish this point, um, was that you're not helping your case that uh, you actually just make all of this up, and we just sort of have to go along with it. No? <laughs> oh, I, I wish I could make up a cool word like scrail. You, you got to be Patrick Rothfuss to pull that one out. I oh, so good. Um... I did, uh, did, did. I, but we were talking about the violence for this movie, though. And I understand we, we, this was before the PG-13 rating and all this. But, like, there's some genuinely, 
like Alfred Molina getting impaled on the oh, spear yeah. and everything. Good stuff. But also some stuff is just spooky. Like <laughs> a lot of Night of the Living, not not uh, 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 Tales from the Crypt stuff with mm-hmm. like when I think it's is it Indy or Marianne who falls into the thing and a bunch of zombos like a bunch oh, of yeah, skeletons yeah, yeah, yeah. like fall. It is Marianne. Yeah. Man, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. I will also my other worst thing about this movie is the shot of Alfred Molina's back covered with spiders. I was like, <laughs> "No, thank you." I said from behind my couch. <laughs> not well, not from Britain. Like, at least they looked like actual poisonous spiders, oh, as opposed to that, as opposed to that fake, uh, non-threatening tarantula on not Sean Connery's S- arm, single in fake no. tarantula. <laughs> Spielberg, Spielberg's over here like, I ah, just put like 20 spiders on him. It's probably fine. <laughs> it was, it's, it's a great Alfred, effect. You're, like, Alfred, you're going to be in Spider-Man 2 in 20 years. You better get used to it. <laughs> and Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway, which is how oh I first God. heard of him. Because I, I remember, say, which is how you first Fiddler found out about spiders. Because I remember going to see Spider-Man 2 and being like, that's Tevya. And there's a really cute behind-the-scenes video of him singing "If I Were the Ri- If I Were a Rich Man." I in, have seen in this. the yes. uh, in the it's suit. Cute. It's really cute. Yeah, he's he's it's a good dude. He's a really good actor. I like him a lot. But yeah, but like uh, I just remember watching this and being like, they're not really. I mean, it's it's not as bad as some like legitimate gore fest movies. Yeah, but like. For, it, more than you expect uh-huh. from this, you know. It's, they it's, uh, kill a monkey with poison. I didn't, oh, I didn't like fruit. that. Yeah, the poison date. It I is like also a Nazi monkey. So true. Oh, the, he knows not what he does. They do get a <laughs> great. Did he, take. did he do the Nazi salute? Yes. <laughs> they do. He does. They get a great take of a monkey like making a face or like raising an eyebrow. Yeah. There was some moment that I was like, "That's just gold." They just happened mean, to nail it. It's so oh, you good. mean they didn't like do horrible editing to make it look like he was doing a reverse double take no like like a certain pigeon in a certain <laughs> movie that show remain Spielberg is the, the greatest monkey director this is no <laughs> I remember when he was on Inside the Actors Studio and James Lipton said how do you direct monkeys and he said the same way you direct adults you just talk to them <laughs> you know they understand that monkeys are smart they don't need that us that might to be the most Spielberg them. thing I've ever heard in my life he did actually say that about directing children <laughs> I, I figured oh because God. he's awesome yes it's good dude it's good. And he, uh, yeah he really does seem like a cool guy in that bar scene we just see a man get shot in the head and there's just like an explosion oh, yeah. of blood there is a- awesome yeah yeah it's good <laughs> stuff Alex maybe you should watch Bone Tomahawk dude <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, it's Alex it's just had this insatiable bloodlust nice, building out nice over the years. It's just nice compared to a lot of the, particularly like modern action movies we watch, where it's not just the practical effects over just tons and tons of spe- you know CGI and, right, and whatever, right. but but it's also just we don't feel that impact of the action scenes. Right. There, the the visceral feel of it of, of of people fighting each other and trying to kill each other is just completely removed in a lot of modern action movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and this one is just like nope. We got we got bare knuckled fights. We got shooting and people die and there's blood. Yeah. It, it, like it, even though this movie's like a super ridiculous hyper fun adventure movie, like it's still got that element that makes it feel more real than than more so yeah. than you yeah. would expect. Yeah. It's and it's card- um, yeah, and, and, and cartoonish and to I, a point, but Spielberg needs to direct a Bond movie and I'm totally upset that they didn't get him to do that because this is the type of thing that I've I've been talking about where the Roger Moore movies in particular 
I really like when Bond is in an action scene where he's it looks like he's getting hurt. It looks like it's a real struggle for him. And every single action scene, they make a point of making it feel like a struggle for Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. Because he's not the greatest at his job, but he gets it done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Alex, have you ever seen the movies by David Cronenberg? <laughs> I direct you to a, toward a little film called The Fly. Speaking of monkeys. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. I uh, did a Google image search on that movie one day and I went, I'm good. <laughs> I'll wait on this one. No thanks. Uh, uh, if, I, if I want body horror, I'll just watch the thing and just call it. A day. I gotta see that one. Man, I gotta watch that movie. Dip into Stuart Gordon well as, as well. Anywho, this is another one of the li- listeners. This is another one of those moments where we're making funny faces. It's yeah, I did. I, don't know, I did a cl- one of my classic classic, takes. classic Britain face. Oh, <laughs> wish you could see it. Yeah, really you know did. me. I'm I'm a real uh, Buster Keaton. See, Tyler, you need to record a, a, a sound effect that's just like that's so Britain, <laughs> and just like inter- like put that in wherever there's just a pause because we're all exchanging bizarre <laughs> facial expressions. Or some kind of like boing, boing, boing. make it like the uh, what was it, Musicians of Bremen, where it's like the audio trying to do the donkey will be per, uh, signa- signaled by the flute. <laughs> the duck will be signaled by the horn. <laughs> so then when they play this, the music, you know what animal it's supposed to be. So do it like that. Very, what, what's, the, what's the animated movie that does that? It's not about a wolf. I think that's what I'm talking about. Maybe it's not called Musician of the Bremen then. I have no but idea. I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. we're talking about the same. Is it, is it a great that I was going to go? Oh yeah, Space Jam. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Bugs Bunny will be signified by the tuba. <laughs> but do it like that. Like the uh, the the funny doorbell will be Alex. Aluga, <laughs> aluga. That's my that's that's like my calling card. Yeah. Also, um, how many how, how many real snakes were used in this movie? Do we know? Because they if they weren't real, those are great looking fake snakes. Probably, I have no idea. Quite a few. Yeah. I, I feel like they were real. I feel I like don't again, know a whole lot about the behind the scenes. Spielberg's the like, yeah, we can put twenty snakes or twenty spiders on Alfred Molina, <laughs> and then with the snakes, he was just yeah. like, yeah, dump a bunch of snakes in there. It's probably fine. One thing that I found really cool about this movie, obviously, this predates a lot of a lot of video games, a lot of adventure games, but like, I'm a huge fan of the Uncharted series, mm-hmm. which obviously is is unabashedly and proudly an Indiana Jones inspired thing. But there's so many like video game. Things will become video game elements in this movie, like dropping the torch to keep the the enemies yes. away, and how. And I, I love when a movie is the bad guys aren't just a series of NPCs. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about the the guy he was fighting a guy on on the plane. That guy looks very different, and he has an entrance. Yes, he shows up, and I, it was probably like a musical sting to be like, "Oh, now it's this guy." Mm-hmm. And Indy is fighting yeah. him as like a, the mini boss or something. We also don't need level. to know anything about him. We're just like, yeah. "That looks like a big tough Nazi dude." Yeah, and like, I wonder how he's going to get out of this one. And I love when movies will do that of like, "Okay, but here's this notable villain that now they have to fight him because that that raises the stakes mm-hmm. for us." And it's not just how's he going to now. There's seven yeah. bad guys, but there were three last time. Yeah. I really love when a, when a movie can set that up. And so this it, movie really does not fee, ever feel like, oh, he's he's wasting his way through a bunch of enemies. You know, no, it, it never feels like not. he's he's checking them off, and you know they're just kind. Because of, uh, again, like you're saying, everything feels like a struggle. He's yeah, he's constantly trying to figure out how to get out of situations. Absolutely. The, the I mean, uh, it's been everyone loves this scene, but it bears repeating the scene where he shoots oh, the guy who's God. who's spinning the sword around and. 
Uh, he's just and and just like Harrison Ford's he's acting there so sick. is yeah. just like I don't I go away. It's it, Which, yeah. I believe was shot that way because Harrison Ford had like yes. food poisoning or yeah, dysentery or something. Yeah. So they're just like and let's get through the scene. I I believe I have heard that in general the the shooting in the desert um probably much much like uh, Tatooine for the Star Wars movies was just a nightmare. Oh, and so, like, all everyone was just tired of it. And I think, yeah, because I think that is the story that he was like, Stephen, I, ju- I can't. Like, I can I just shoot him? And honestly, it's way better. Yeah. Like, I mean, cool, that is an incredibly iconic It's an like, amazing scene. Action and it's, it's really funny, but in a way that fits really yes. well. And Harrison Ford is an actor who, every now and again, I'm like, he can be good. I don't mm-hmm. know. He can be so funny. Yes. He's so, like, the... How are you? Is so funny in Star Wars, mm-hmm. and he's very funny in this. Like I even enjoyed when he's nerdy Indiana Jones in the yes. in the school, where the other James Bond parallel, where all the women are just like gazing at him, and the one has "Love Me" written <laughs> on her eyelids, and he's like, "There was." Uh. Yeah, yeah. I really wish he. What would have been great is if he had closed his eyes and it said "I know" on his. On his. Oh dear. See, Lawrence Kasdan fought for that to be in the movie, even though Harrison Ford's the one that came up with that line in the first place. Really? Um, no. Because <laughs> Kasdan wrote say, Empire and Jedi, George, right? George Lucas vetoed that idea. He said <laughs> oh. it'd be too good. Because <laughs> Kasdan wrote Jedi Empire. and Empire. Okay. And Empire, yeah. yeah. And, and a bunch of other movies good. that for which he was nominated for Oscars that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Solo. Yeah. He did write that screenplay. And uh, the accidental tourist. Sure. God, speaking of accidental tourists, what about this crazy adventure they went on? Oh my! I feel God. like we missed. <laughs> like you missed the. the I know. Was, I should have used that a lot. The segue earlier. lane about twenty. <laughs> uh, Sorry, my neck. Popping my neck. That works. Oh, speaking of popping your neck, um, Paul Freeman. Really good in this movie. We watched yes. place two of the most iconic villains in movie history, <laughs> one of which is Belloc in this movie, the other of which is Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. So good. He's so good in that movie. We watched it a few days ago, audience, the three of us. Uh, Alex and I had seen it many times before. Tyler, it was his first time. That's true. It's <laughs> Paul Freeman's really good in that movie. <laughs> No, uh, but I really like him. He's far as well. better than that material deserves. Where, do we? He, he's an American actor, I believe, right? Because his French, no, I don't think so. Well, his French accent was great. Yes, because I love that he didn't. Because here's the thing about French accents: they don't actually. They're not actually like. Well, do well, well, we well. go to get to the Eiffel Tower? Oui, oui, bonjour. Right, they they speak much more like they hit their R's. He's more. British. Yeah. Oh, he's British. Okay, yeah. well that makes sense. They hit their R's more like this. It's almost kind of a Swede thing. I'm, I sound more like Christoph Waltz, except <laughs> happy to talk to other people. Um, but uh, 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 Jodie Comer does a really good French accent on Killing Eve. And so I really, really enjoyed it because it sounded like an actual French yeah. person and not a movie French person, <laughs> which I which I appreciated. Although the uh, head Nazi is is also quite entertaining. Sure. Yeah. With, his, with his collapsible coat hanger. <laughs> that is so funny. Which was... It felt progressive, not like politically or socially, but like in terms of like movie tropes of like subverting your yes. expectations. No, it felt like modern. That comedy. felt like yeah. fifteen years ahead of its time. Yeah. It felt like a Family Guy joke. There's Which a you, lot of stuff in this movie that well, I could see myself if I, if I had lived at the time and, and, and 
been watching this as like a 10 year old i would not have picked up on yeah half the yeah. stuff in this as, as far as like well, why it's funny the best part of that is not just like oh it's subverting your expectations oh you know you think it's gonna be like a terrible torture device oh it's, it's a coat hanger you see belloc like rolls his eyes when it cuts back to him after he yeah, does yeah. it i'm like that's brilliant mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it just it, it's one of those things where it's all in the details because the script, like we said, it's it's very simple. It's very it's laid out early. We kind of know what the goal is, and it's just characters trying to get to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we have a MacGuffin, perfectly acceptable. It's all in the details. There's so many smart setup and payoffs, and, and there's just there's so much attention paid to dialogue, mm-hmm. making sure the characters are consistent, and making sure that we understand what's happening. Always, yeah. Um, one one of my favorite setups and payoffs in the movie is, is with Marion uh, out drinking the guy at the bar, because um, you think, oh, that's just a throwaway thing. She owns the bar. This makes sense. It's a fun character intro. Then she tries to use it as a as a way to escape Belloc's tents by out drinking him, but then it turns out that his family owns the the wine that they they're drinking. So it's like, oh, he can hold his liquor. She's not going to be able to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. That's smart. It's like they thought about it when they wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they actually had planning meetings yeah. and outlines. Yeah, that yeah. entire scene in general is excellent. Where or it's not even—I think it's multiple scenes across kind of like a, a general portion of the movie. But where she and, and Belloc are drinking, and then she she attempts to escape, and then the German guy shows up, and it's it's all yeah. yeah um, that because it's it's fun because she's literally just like laughing with. Um. Belloc in a way that is I mean it is supposed to be sort of a I'm, I'm almost thinking of a Barbosa and Kira Knightley in uh, Pirates oh, of the Caribbean um, yeah. it is sort of that where it's like she's clearly trying to get out of this and it's just la- going along with it but at the same time there is a little bit of like Belloc is genuinely just sort of enjoying it like he's not he's not like, being this big melodramatic evil villain he's sort of just enjoying drinking and well, it's also nice her. that it's very clear that Belloc's interested in her. Like yeah. he's constantly like trying to to be protective of her and mm-hmm. kind of uh, keep her with him. Like when the Nazis start to threaten her and stuff, he's he's always trying to protect her. Um, but he doesn't. It, it doesn't get so melodramatic where he's like, "No, I, I I'm going to whisk you away. We're going to get away from this yeah. whole thing yeah. after I've made my money and I love you, Marion." Well, like, we don't yeah. deal with any of that. When well, he's crap. not being a creep, like he's not pawing at her. He's That's not true. like. He's genuinely attracted to this yeah, woman. Yeah, and he's not and trying to, like, a bizarre her, situation. He's not trying to get her drunk to take advantage of her, like, which yeah. is nice to see a villain. Like, it, it's kind of like uh, in um, the first season of Daredevil where people were like, hey, if Wilson Fisk can communicate his feelings to a woman and accept her rejection and not be a jerk about it, then so can you. Yeah. <laughs> with, that ama- <laughs> with that amazing scene where he's like, I just need you to tell me if you reciprocate this, yeah. which is... I could go on a whole rant about how great D'Onofrio is in that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um... And the fact that, Daredevil like... season one, the best piece of superhero media ever produced. He's just... He's so amazing. And, like, the theory that he might have been playing Fisk to be on the autism spectrum adds so much... It's even more to that scene yeah. where he is literally telling her, I can't... You need to tell me because I can't just see it from your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so beautifully done. But, again, like I like when you have a villain who is still... Who is a definite villain, but they don't have to also make them... A sexual predator. Yes. Well, the, it's also nice. He's given he's that he's sort of with just the Nazis. Yes. Yeah. It helps to counterbalance the threat being. Oh, 
these are the most obvious bad guys like yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. It, it's like as an audience, like you do, we do need to root for the hero and against the villain. When you're when you're doing a, a, a movie, a story like this, where this is a clear good and bad. You, I, I get that good guy, bad guy. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm I'm fine with a little monochromatic in my adventure movies, but you don't have to go so far to where the hero is perfect and the villain is like how can they how are they even allowed to outside yes and i feel like some movies go way too far to make us hate people um i feel like and lord of the rings is such a different thing but like the lord of the rings series is brilliant at being like they're evil because they want to take over the world cool got it yeah (laughs) all we need and these guys are evil because they're nazis we really don't need to do that much more with them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and uh, yeah i don't know i i appreciate when you can make a character even not that we shouldn't villain you, you should vilify sexual predators but when people find ways to make characters dislikable without dipping into that yes mistreated or that mishandled well yes 100 it's nice that belloc has some sense of morality yeah. yeah i mean he's he's mostly like the reason he's a villain is because he's a rival with with right james, or uh, i almost said james bond with uh indiana jones um he's he's a jerk but like he's you know but by and large he doesn't i mean aside from just like trying to steal the ark yeah. Away from from Jones and working with Nazis, that is that's yeah. that's a black mark. Um, but as just like he does what, also sick those natives on him. That's true. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, um, but it, which I'm not sure how how that holds up. Yeah, today. Not right. Yeah, eh, whatever. It's fine. Um, Adventure serials were sure, sure they they were from a different time. But all things considered, he's a more playful villain than yes. just oh, you've got Nazi general who's trying to beating Indiana Jones like he he's right. he's he's a much more lighthearted and doesn't really feel like he's on the same level he, he feels a lot more human um, and I liked that I did not that the movie wouldn't have gone this far but I liked that I wasn't scared for Marianne for for that fate to befall her when she's surrounded by evil bad guys even in parts of the Caribbean there's a lot of like leering yes. looks and yes. again the movie was not going to go that far of course but like I like that they were able to go like oh a woman you know I don't know it, it was nice that they didn't go to that mm-hmm. place like I just mm-hmm. said so, yeah, I, I think that is very well done. And I don't, because full disclosure, this is the second time I've seen this movie, years later, and I've seen Temple of Doom, I think even further, I think it was even longer ago that I saw that. So I don't remember that movie very well. I've never seen three and four. So I don't really know what villains we have coming up except Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Which is exciting. I'm Bell looking forward to that. I believe it. Yes. We, we do have some decent villains, but Bell yeah. the best. yeah. Um, I would say the later villains are are more mem- are memorable for their design and or purpose in the plot. Gotcha. Then, then the performance as the far character, as performance yeah. performance and character goes, Belloc is clear is one hundred percent the best. I get that. Um, but yeah, the it, and and this is, I mean, you mentioned the the forties serial thing, and I think that that is the biggest triumph of this is that, um specifically comparing this to something like Star Wars, which is also supposed to be oh, it's a, a Flash Gordon uh, sort of remake, rip-off, whatever sure, you want to sure. call it um, sort of spin-off, I guess um, but the first Star Wars does not feel like I mean, and, and there is probably a part of this that I am biased in this because I am, have been so inundated with that universe for so long that I can't really parse this out but I would argue that the first Star Wars feels like it is introducing us to all the characters in a way that this is the first time this this story has been mm. told. Yes. You know, it feels like this is the beginning 
even though it is technically supposed to be the fourth one. Um, and, and which was decided more, later. Which was decided later. But, like, the original intention um, was seen as, like, it was sort of supposed to be, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're jumping into this universe, and, you know, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. But, like, everything that happens really sets up exactly what's about to happen in the plot. Yeah. This movie feels, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, feels so much just like we have just been dropped in this world with a bunch of fun, mm-hmm. kooky characters who all have a history with each other, and we know nothing about them. We're just picking up as we go along. Yeah. Which, again, talking about the relationship between uh, Indy and, and Marion, uh, it just works so well in terms of, oh, we don't, we don't need to do anything with this. They've, yeah. they've had a thing. You know they they've been together before. Yeah, it's they're like in a so they're in a high time. a high pressure situation or whatever. Now they're making out again or whatever. Yeah. and then Indiana Jones falls asleep, which is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they, and they also do that great screenwriting thing of they don't have other people explain the characters to us. They yes. show us the characters. Yes, exactly. Rather than having the, someone the beginning go, of the movie is yeah. Indiana Jones. He's trying to get a thing. He's running through a temple. He's got a, a, a henchman with him, and he, he sort of outwits the... Not even outwits, I guess, but he... he figures out the puzzles. Well, yeah. figures, out the, figures out the puzzles, but also gets, you know, the, the, the guy who tries to betray him. Oh, he, yeah. He, he's able to get past him and, and get the, the treasure back. Um, and then, so we see all that, but then we see, oh, he doesn't always win because he... Yeah. You know, the, Belloc ends up getting the treasure. Yeah. All of that is just so... And then we, he hates snakes. There's a snake right. on a plane, and he, he's, he's, he's freaking oh, out about man. it. There's um, a snake on a plane. There's a snake on a plane. Mm-hmm. The the uh, prequel to Snakes on a Plane, single snake on single plane, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so it's such a great introduction to just like agreed. Here is everything you need to know about this guy, and then suddenly we cut. Oh, he's he's like this clean cut professor now. Yeah, like he's 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 cleaned up or whatever. Now he's yeah. teaching a class, and that's done so well. The dub, the dual life that he lives, it shows. Again, so many things in movies, it's really just a matter of how well you do them. Mm-hmm. Because this movie does a lot of things that I think we would complain about in a bad movie. Yes. We would go, oh, so we're supposed to believe that this amazing action guy is also a mild-mannered professor? Right. What are you talking about? Right. Like, That makes no sense. But this movie's like, it's fun. And, and since it genuinely delivers on that fun, we're like, great, it, you're right, it is mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And wait, so were they together before? Why aren't you – give me some content. Where's the backstory? Yeah. I have no idea what's happening. We don't need that because they're efficient and there's a lot of – movie shorthand can be such a lazy bit of story te- way to tell a story when it's like, how are we going to tell the audience she's pregnant? She'll cough. You know what I mean? Like, True. It can be very lazy, but it can also be very like, you guys have seen movies. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're smart. We're going to write you a smart script, and here you go. Yeah. And We're going to get just, some, some, some very good actors who can do this in a way yeah. that is subtle and not banging you up the head with it. I mean, yeah. I, this, uh, I haven't seen – uh, the Fugitive in a while. Um, yeah. This, Harrison Ford's performance of this, I am... Oh, he's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I think it is one of, if not my favorite, sure. um, for him, just because... I don't know what mine would be. He's so sort of charismatic and fun, and he, he captures the character so perfectly. Um, it really is... I mean, Han Solo is obviously in, in, uh, supposed to be a bit of an anti-hero. He's got, yeah, a, he's got yeah. an arc where he's he turns into one of the good guys. Um, this is a little bit more... And and this is because this came out. Well, yeah, this came out after the first Star Wars, I guess. Mm, four um, years. But this does this feel came like out after Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I was yes correct. <laughs> I was doing things in my head. Um, the basically though this this feels sort of like an expansion of that character into like what if we make him a little bit more of an antihero? Yeah. You know, he's he's and and not even antihero in the sense of like oh he can he rides the edge he plays by the not a, Wal- not a Walter White anti-hero yeah it doesn't play by the rules all the time you know it's just sort of like 
he's sort of sloppy and yeah. he, you know he's he's flying by the seat of his pants trying to get stuff done yep and he doesn't always win and you know it, it yeah yeah and again going back to the the fact that he doesn't have a ton of bearing on the plot aside from the fact that he is there to show the government where the arc is right at the end um yeah and that thing at the end but, like obviously he doesn't need to be there for that to happen but that's i don't know again that's the kind of thing that in a lesser movie i would complain about sure but those ghosts look great <laughs> when they come out. Oh, that's out. horrifying. Oh, it really is. I it's... had forgotten about the effect of, I don't, it doesn't, like, there's no explanation for why yeah. this is there. But there's just this woman just screeching and reaching out yeah. to uh, one of the guys right before he starts. And that that's when the music, like, changes to that really demonic, like, dun, 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 and then, like, the guy screams, his eyes fall out. Like, it's, oh, it's beautiful. It reminded me of two things. <coughs> one, it reminded me of The Nightmare Before Christmas, like, the ghosts in that at the beginning. The mm-hmm. sort of the, the the look amazing, and also reminded me of a sketch that on a Halloween episode of the Muppet Show, where they have four ghosts sing a Beatles song called "I'm Looking Through You." <laughs> I'm looking through you. You're not safe. It's so good. Oh, I love the Muppet Show. Um, yeah, I, that that is. So so so, in what other ways does he not drive? The, I guess it's because. I mean, well, he gets the, the, he gets the treasure for Bella. They, they would be, they would have gotten the the piece, the whatever the the part that goes on the staff. They would yeah. have gotten that from Marion. They would have eventually found the map room. Um, they would have had to dig around for a while, but they would have found it because they're the Nazis and they're right. not going to stop. And then they would have found the location of the Ark, and then they would have taken it to the place to do the thing. And then they all would have died, but then, I don't know, maybe a Nazi would have found it. Maybe they would have come and been like, oh, all these people are dead. We should probably not open that. Let's right, go use it right. on I the see Americans. that submarine you yeah, got yeah, there. It's yeah. probably got a radio on it. Yeah, yeah. You probably told people where you were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, something. it's, it's I relevant. You know, he, well, he, for, for me, it's it's not even so much that, that, that. That's really what I focus on. It's more the very subtle character thing that's going on with Indiana Jones and maybe it's a problem that the movie doesn't focus on this enough it's it's almost kind of tragic because he he's he's like this is one of the big things like when he's talking to to his friend Marcus before he goes on on the mission he's like this is one of the reasons we got into archaeology in the first place it, i'm going after this thing that that it's supposed to be fake it's not it's not even, it's yeah. like it's supposed to be fiction um and he can never truly lay his eyes on what's inside yeah yeah. And and just the tragedy of that that final action scene where he's like keep your eyes closed Marion we cannot open our eyes or we're mm-hmm. going to die. Mm-hmm. Um that's just a very interesting element there. Sure. So, so was the idea that if you look at the arc you'll your face melts because there were also ghosts killing everybody else. I well but they I think the idea is they were killing everyone because they were also looking not necessarily um. in the arc but like they were they, they were, were looking upon yeah. the arc witnessing all, the opening of the arc. They also have Marion and Indiana Jones are like up and off to the yes. side so they're not I remember there was a shot where I was like oh it was like a bottleneck yeah so at first I thought it was like just this expulsion of energy that was just hitting a certain path and they were out of the line of fire but that makes sense yeah, makes yeah. More I sense. think the idea is that there were actual spirits coming yes. out and specifically because of, yeah yeah okay that makes sense that math checks out I'll allow it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is also such an, a weird because like at the beginning of this, there's actually a a bit that's where where they say like the legends say that like people looked upon this and died. Mm. I don't think it that's actually in like 
the Bible or anything? I could be wrong. I was trying. I was kind of curious about this, so I was trying to look it up a little bit, and I couldn't really find anything. But I don't think that's ever really been like a yeah a, a myth before. I could be wrong. There, there might be it is also an interesting blend of Egyptian mythology. Yes, because it's the staff of Ra, who yes. is an, an, an Egyptian god. But then the rest of it is all about the the ark that held the stone tablets, right? right? Or the the, the commandment it's, tablets. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a really interesting mythological place to go to just be like oh yeah we're we're doing the ark of the covenant like that's it right yeah that is interesting. That's a strange instead of like oh it's the holy grail or sure and then to blend that in with another theology yeah is it like well we gotta find the and holy to grail. not really address the fact that it is an element from from christian theology right, like that, right. that it's just like oh we're just doing i don't know this is the thing it's, it's yeah pretty yeah, crazy yeah. isn't it sure um because it would have been like if they said okay we've got to find the shroud of turin but to get there, right. we have to break it open with Thor's hammer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. what? Okay. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, that is – and that was something that I wondered Intriguing about. choice that I think we have all sort of ingrained. It's just like, yeah, it's right as the Lost Ark. The Ark of the Covenant. What are you, it, yeah, you it's, know, almost, it, it's almost like we, we know it from that more yes. than its actual yes. source. Yes, yes. Um, which is interesting. Because I'm, I'm not a, a theologian, but uh, that's not – that, 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 I've I, I gotten to a point in my life where I find theology fascinating just in general. And that was something that I meant to look up as well because I, mm-hmm. I had the same thought of like I I, I don't know the root of all of these ideas right. and like are they combining ideas Yeah, that's right. an interesting, interesting idea. I guess they couldn't. When, when did Monty Python come out in the Holy Grail specifically? That was <laughs> probably not too too. Long I want to say that it. was seventy six is the name that's coming. Or the year that's coming. It may be way earlier than that. Um, no idea. Britain's on the this case. Is, yeah, this it. is this is one uh, one time when my my <laughs> movie release date Dar has failed. Seventy five. Sweet. So yeah, the, I guess they couldn't really do a Holy Grail because then everyone would have been like, and I guess they do end up doing Holy Grail now that I think about it. But that's besides the point. Um, Sorry, I it's thought... an interesting place to start this franchise. Is my overall point there? Yeah. And did they know it was going to be a franchise when they started the movie? I no, otherwise it. they would have called it Indiana Jones and right. the Raiders of the Lost yeah, yeah. Ark. Now, second, the second movie is a is before this one, right? Yes. And then the third and one, it doesn't matter. It's right. technically a prequel. Does not matter in the slightest. Right, right, right. It's a I'm, complete I'm just, standalone adventure. Yes. And then the third one is after Raiders. Yes. yes. Okay. Because it goes back to Nazis. And then the fourth the one, one is in Earth Two. Correct. Where his dad became Indiana Jones, <laughs> and he's the Belloc. Yes. Oh. My. God. And uh, see, that's that's actually never say never again. And, um, <laughs> and Marion is the Joker's wife. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Oh my! Karen God. Allen's in the fourth one, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah, I liked her. Well, obviously, and she is a bright spot in that movie. Oh, she's wonderful. She she's so uh, she's really cute. I liked her a lot. Uh, and I, I believe the the lead actress in the second one is Spielberg's wife, or at least was at the time. Correct. I don't know if they're still married or not. I'm not sure. I think they are. Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. We'll get There's to that. really no way of knowing. That's true. Guys, we got call him. <laughs> get Steve on the horn. Hey, uh, Steve. Hey, big. I uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll hey, hey Steve. Uh, this is this is uh, your your Just trick him. This is your best friend for <laughs> I told you never to call me again. I refuse to do Indiana Jones in the Phantom Menace. You know, he calls him. He's like, "Um, this is your best friend, uh, Francis Ford Coppola." <laughs> remember when the three of them presented the Oscar to Martin Scorsese? That was really sweet. But I remember watching it, thinking, "What if Scorsese didn't win?" <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awkward. And it goes to Stephen Frears. I mean, he's good. 
And, and you just see Stephen Frears like he's the only guy going, Woo! Hey! Uh, <laughs> in the whole auditorium. Of course, he's just like, But the interesting thing, too, about that is if, if you look back to, like, the 40s, uh, Georges Melier, you know, he was making these incredible movies about the a, a, a moon with a rocket in its eye. I really like Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer the question, he had divorced his previous wife in 85? Mm. And then, or no, sorry, eighty nine. So he was he was married for four years. Okay. And they divorced. And so then, yes, the uh, Kate Capshaw, I think. So I guess I guess they weren't married at the time. Okay, but then they became. But married. then they became married. They became married. They did a marriage. They did become and married. Is, is Kate Capshaw the name of the woman? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, Kate gotcha. Capshaw is yes. Cool. 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 So that's the thing. He's, I love yeah. how standalone this movie is. Like. Yep. It's 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 just a nice ending, mm-hmm. where, where it's just like oh, it's almost it's like a Twilight Zone ending almost. Yes. Where it's like what what sure. where are they taking this thing? What what? Huh. But it's but it's not Man. like cliffhanger. Uh, Indiana Jones will return to Indiana Jones in Area Fifty One. <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. to you next summer. <laughs> like there's not none of that crap. Yeah, yeah, none of that none of that Thanos will return MCU garbage. Well, it's very yeah, sure. it's very much. Uh, there's none of that sequel baiting guff. It's it's Ugh. what you would expect, or it's what sort of the the collective cultural conscience you you would think of. Even though like none of us have really watched these right. of like an old, literally like an old 40, 40 serial yeah. where you're like, it ends with like, you know, or even like Doctor Who. I'm thinking sixties um, Doctor Who, where you know it ends and and there's there's someone like someone's on the TARDIS or whatever and it's like and then like you know there's there's like a blare or whatever and like it's like oh what's gonna happen I don't know and then they just like it's more of just like a fun a fun little stinger that's just yeah it's not literally there to tell the studio we we gotta make another one (gasps) people wanna know what happens to the Huntsman so in the fourth one it is established that that arc is being kept at Area 51 correct that's where that movie starts (laughs) it it Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that ever established before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I don't know when it would be. Yeah, that, that's what I'm wondering. If it's just like they added that on in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. What, what if it's in Area 51? No, I think that's absolutely that. what happened. I think they were definitely just like, oh, it's being stored. There's this giant... Well, because part of the... Aren't we clever? Part of the thing that I think gets missed, looking back on it, probably partially because of Crystal Skull, is that... You, this was just like, what is this warehouse? What are all these other things? Like, what's yeah. what's this about? Like, like freaking out. Like, are, can all these other things melt people's faces? Like, what, what <laughs> really did, kind of treasures are in here? <laughs> yeah. and, and so yeah. you have no idea where it is, or what, you know. And, and they're saying like, oh, the top men are on it to you know like look into it or whatever. And then they're actually just storing it away, and they're just like, ah, eh, we got another one. Which, um, truth be told, it's not the worst option. You're decide. not just put it in storage. Yeah, yeah. Just, sure. Um, but no, I, I don't think they had ever like said. I, I I think that was probably chosen when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do aliens. That'll be fun." Um, no, they're not aliens. Steven Spielberg said that would be dumb. They're interdimensional beings. Oh, because Earth two. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, it all connects. Yeah, it's a bunch of shazams in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watching Steven Spielberg discuss George Lucas like forcing his hand about making Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the funniest thing. <laughs> Where, where basically George just keeps throwing these ideas at him, and Steven Spielberg's just like a battered housewife. He's like, fine, George, that sounds fine. I've just come to the realization that somewhere along the way, perhaps even in press interviews that we could find, um, George Lucas interacted with Shia LaBeouf 
my he god. Mu- he must have at least had several conversations. And I really just need all of these. I need I need footage. <laughs> I need at, at least a transcript. Yeah. Um well, thanks Anyth- for... Anything anybody can get me. Like, that's, you know, really what I'm looking for here. Well, thanks for carrying my groceries, and will you hold the bat? Not like that, Shia. <laughs> you're, you're adding something there, and I don't know the, what. The bag where he puts his bag on his head. No, 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 the... the, the oh, oh, I guess, the yeah. The accent is the tone, going The tone is a little weird. And I'm not sure why. Spielberg, um... I, I, I imagine that he's talking to Lucas, and then somewhere David Lynch is going, This is what I was talking about! <laughs> Don't you see, friends? Spielberg's like, David Lynch, why are you in my house? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the soda shop. (laughs) I have have such a headache. I do get confused. David David Lynch says, oh, I'm sorry. I walked into the soda soda shop. And then he walks out the the third story window and he just disappears. (laughs) But he, like, like lands perfectly. He he just steps out and he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on to another dimension where they need me. David Lynch, oh, I gotta love him. I haven't watched a David Lynch movie in so long. I feel like I would be even more uh, uh, engineered for his stuff nowadays. Um, Spielberg is just, he really is, he's a director, he is so easy to go to launch. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Of course he is. When you watch one of his great movies, you just, it's and and it's, it's the funny thing of like, people I think overlook him because he makes popular i mean he makes blockbusters yeah he makes mainstream movies uh, yeah. for the most part that's yeah. that's what he does well, but even his prestige movies are mainstream movies sure yeah, yeah. they exactly. all get wide release and so like people sort of look down on that as like oh well you know they're not really films they're just yeah. but at the same time they're the ones everyone is watching right and like it's setting the standard for this is what a blockbuster can be you know that yes yeah. and even when they're not as revered as the other ones people they're like even movies like the bfg and ready player one mm. and stuff like that people are like horse war horse yeah people are like these are still fine like yeah there's war horse is a movie isn't he's, it? he's definitely it sure i mean is. he's definitely fallen off a little bit i think yeah um, but i haven't seen but, of spies which i want to sure but he also made lincoln recently yeah. which I, I, I that will come up on another episode i'm sure with me because i completely it's one of the best biopics i've ever seen mm-hmm. it's an amazing movie so he clearly he still yep. has it Sure. He's just not using his. I mean, he's doing the West Side Story remake, so we will see. That's and, interesting. But yeah, it, it's just interesting because because they keep saying like, "Oh, we're doing Indiana Jones 5 but yeah, then yeah. he keeps getting different projects. Like, oh, I I'm can't. Like, I got. I, oh, I'm sorry, George. I feel like you guys just... are lying to George. You guys are just like, we'll get to it. I oh, I've got another film. I it's it couldn't be helped, George. We'll get to it next time. <laughs> George, we're not trying to ghost you. That actually is what I want to do. No, George, we're not. I'm just imagining George. It's it's a misery situation, and he he kidnaps Steven Spielberg and locks him in his basement. He's like, "All right, what are we doing? All right, Steven." So, <laughs> well, I, just... I broke your legs. <laughs> Jeez, there's a beautiful like behind the scenes uh, from Catch Me If You Can, where he's uh, talking to Christopher Walken, and all these different takes of a scene where Christopher Walken's talking to meet his wife. And there's one, the one in the movie where he cries, and then like after the after the scene, you see Spielberg, and he's just like, "Chris, that was such like a wonderful choice," and he's so moved, and like he's tearing up, and it's so sweet. Cool. He just seems like a sweet boy. I think he is. I mean, you can tell like his his, his movies are very heartfelt, they're very yeah. genuine. Like like we were saying about this one, it's, it's he discovered it's Christian Bale. Did he really? Empire, what? Empire of the Sun. Huh. When Christian Bale was like ten. Huh. Yeah. Looking and exactly the, man, the same. 
he also likes violence. Sure. Yeah, True. and he also and I appreciate well, that. He also <laughs> promoted. He also produced like Animaniacs and Tiny Toons True. and Freakazoid. I mean, mm-hmm. like Animaniacs is secretly the best cartoon from the past fifty years. <laughs> my vote would be my vote would be vote would be Freakazoid, but no shade on Animaniacs. But I was gonna Animaniacs say about um, on a broader note, and and this. Maybe it's a conversation more for like the third one, right? Maybe not so much the fourth one. Um, you, you'll see people sometimes make the argument that like J.J. Abrams is the the modern mm. equivalent of Spielberg. They're like, oh no, he just makes the big popular movies, and that's you know. Sure. But like, that's... or he's just ripping off his style. Sure. Which which no no shade on on Abrams really, but that's that's so like underselling what Spielberg was during yes. the time that we are kind of covering right now. Like yeah. It's just, it, just looking at the breadth of everything he did and the the craft with which he did all of it, right, is insane. And like I, yeah, like we have we have dumb blockbusters now because people can't recreate. Not enough people can recreate the smart sure. blockbusters that he made. Which is why when you watch Jaws or well, and and it's it, this also goes back to like the Oscar sort of split where it's sure. like now you've got Oscar bait right, instead of right. like. Oh, back then, you know. Yeah, Raiders was you, up for a ton of Oscars. You, you'd make a you'd make a movie, and then the movie yep. would be real popular, and they'd be like, "Oh, that was a well made movie. Let's give you some awards for it." Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 the split there as well, and it, it probably is correlated. I mean, you would know more about this than I do, but correlated with Spielberg. Uh, I guess I don't know what his last like really acclaimed. I mean, I guess Lincoln, obviously, but like probably Lincoln. Bridges that, in, up in there. terms of like blockbusters, going going back, like what his last real <sighs> big one would have been. Question. Um, I'd have to look. I don't know. Is there anything after Saving Private Ryan? When was when was that? War of the Worlds was pretty big, right? Yeah, but wasn't there like a huge backlash? Oh, Minority Report. Two? Yeah, huh. that's two thousand one. I think. Okay. Yeah, one or two. Wait, which I feel like isn't isn't that around the same time you started to see more of the, uh, like, oh, we're we're now getting into like the the fancy movie, the the, you know, only the films get awards. Right. So I feel like that's Post. that's very Some much uh, correlated with that yeah. in terms of oh well catch me if you can a Minority Report both in two thousand two okay because <sighs> I just just go for it dude <laughs> why not an AI which I haven't seen it was two thousand one Amistad I forgot about Amistad jeez oh he made Hook I forgot he made Hook go oh. like it's cr- what this, a man this dude is is crazy like he made Jurassic Park and he made I didn't know he directed Twilight Zone the movie. Because, yeah, when you watch those movies, it is it is unbelievable the amount of craft that went into making Jaws and yes. Jurassic Park and Close Encounters. And I feel like he's someone who never half attempts his movies. No. Even his movies that Except aren't... Except for Lost World. Except, Except for, for Lost, Lost World. World. That's accurate. Even the ones that aren't as good, he, I feel like he still was very present while he was filming mm-hmm. it. And he was still like, no, how do I, how do I do this, and how do I do it well? Like, I feel well, like clearly he's he's, he has to have a, a, a sort of a, a bone of like, oh, I, re- I really want to go try this. Yeah. Like, it, clearly he's got something in his brain that tells him like, I want to go do a new thing. Yeah. Cause, well, he he's made every he's made all these different kinds of movies. He made comedies like The Terminal, mm-hmm. and then he's made romantic dramas, and he's made The Color Purple. Sure. And like all these blockbusters, and West Side Story is his first musical, and I'm. With a lot of directors, when it's their first musical, I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. 
But with him, I'm like, no, I genuinely want to know what Steven Spielberg will do with a musical. Right. I want to know what it looks like when he films choreography and like. That's a really interesting. Yeah, this is uh, just idea. a segue into the later part of his career where he just does musicals. Um, I am fine with that. Hamilton's coming out twenty twenty five. As bet long as he's not doing Cats, am I right? <laughs> he was, I mean, if anyone's gonna make Cats, I would kind of prefer it. it. I would either be. want See, it to be someone so that. off, like Nolan or Jim Jarmusch or something. See, you say that, but then I feel like with Spielberg, just based on his his current trend of kind of the big movies that he does, I feel like he'd also have the idea to make them all digital cats. Yeah, but they'd look good. Yeah. <laughs> also, Mark the, man, the man has eyes. Also, Mark Rylance <laughs> would be Gus the theater cat. I just, I, just no, I, I need that quote, the man has eyes. <laughs> the man has eyes. I mean, that's, that's all i got to say. The man has also, eyes. Also, somewhere in there, you just dropped uh, Nolan cats. What if Nolan had made it? <laughs> what if Nolan had made cats? <laughs> Memory. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's literally like, it's the same like sound quality as yeah. the, um, the French song from Inception. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which almost sounds the same. If we go through the Nolan it. staple, I mean, Anne Hathaway, she sings. Sure, sure. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt thinks he can sing. I mean, um, Anne Hathaway is also Catwoman. Yeah. 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 Or just, just, Levitt, just Levitt can that. dance. Uh, Tom Hardy can probably sing because he can do whatever he wants. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Kamatsunabe sings. Leo? I don't know if Leo sings. It's a good question. He does sing briefly in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, not enough to really gauge. Um, so I, I've been—I went down a uh, a rabbit hole the other well yesterday or this morning, whenever, um, of Margaret Qualley interviews because I saw an interview with her and went, "Oh, she's insanely charming." So I have to watch. Oh, her I thought you were going to go. She's insane. No, 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 she's extremely charming. And I saw her do an interview where she was talking about. Filming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She plays the Manson girl that Brad Pitt picks up as a hitchhiker. Gotcha. Okay. She's okay. Andy McDowell's daughter. And so they were riding in the car, and she was talking about, like, having her feet up on the dashboard. And she was like, so I was talking to Quentin about, like, you really don't want to put these up there. Like, I was a dancer. My toes are all warped. And I mean, look at these things. And I was like, you know, of all the directors that you could say <laughs> that to, <laughs> Margaret, I don't really know if uh, – I feel like I feel like it was gonna be in the movie anyway. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. He's great. We can put him out. This is interesting. It's different. I was gonna turn to you. It's like you, you've got a you got a broken a broken pinky. Is that? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Have you guys heard Nor- Norm Macdonald's uh, Alex's favorite person? His impression of Tarantino. <laughs> I have not. No, I haven't actually. There's your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. There's Alex's new ringtone. All right. <laughs> Do we do we want to go ahead and, and wrap this up with grades since clearly sure. we have exhausted our thoughts on yeah. graders? I will hop in and real quick do my my uh, recommendation, which I was teasing a lot. Now, guys, this movie they went to Cairo, very warm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to a different place for my recommendation. I'm going to go to the wilds of Alaska for a movie called also Hol- very warm, also very warm, as we noted in our last episode. Well, this takes place in the winter months. Uh, it is called Hold the Dark. This is a movie by Jeremy Saulnier, or Saulnier, who made Green Room. Alex? Um, there you go. This is, I believe his, it was his follow-up to Green Room. And the first movie that was he made that was based on something else, was based on a book uh, that Macon Blair adapted into a screenplay. It's the story of a woman played by Riley Keough from Logan Lucky and the granddaughter of American rock and roller Elvis Presley. She, oh, my Yeah, goodness. right? She, uh, she plays a woman whose son has recently been taken... And recently, where they live, they live like on the fringes, like in the woods, essentially. 
and apparently wolves have been taking children recently in this uh, community. And so she calls in this expert on wolf behavior and everything who has written a book about a time he hunted and killed a wolf to find her son. And that – the man uh, is Russell Core, played by Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Uh, for my money, uh-huh. one of America's best actors. And so and, – and, and from there, it's pretty much a – Jeffrey Wright goes to find this wolf and finds much more than he bargained for. Uh-huh. And it's a very uh, – Green Room is a much more straightforward – punk rock violent thriller let's go for it and correct this movie is a was and i liked green room a lot this one is more my is styled more for my sensibilities it's a much more this is a movie more about atmosphere and mood Mm. it's gorgeously shot and there's a lot of very haunting images um the music is wonderful the performances are great alexander skarsgård is in it Hmm. uh from legend of tarzan uh, he's actually. <laughs> that's the movie. That's, you that's my on that's, his resume. That's, that's what I cite. He's actually very good in this movie. And James Badge Dale, who I have never really thought about, is in this movie. And he's I've never thought about. I mean, I've just I never. He, he's just like a guy in movies. You know what I mean? Like I never really. But no, now he, he he is a character actor. He's, a character he's actor. one of the quintessential it's character just, actors. It's right. just an interesting way of putting. It. But he is really really good in this movie. He plays the head of the police department. And um, okay. It's just it's a it's a very interesting movie. It's it, by the end of it, I was a little like, okay, but why this? And so okay, it gets very filmic at the end, which I, I imagine is echoing of the book. But it's very very well done. Jeffrey Wright is very good. There's one monologue he has at a dinner table that's like galling. It's so good. Uh, Skarsgård's fantastic. Dale is fantastic. Kyo is really really good. Um, just a lot of of nice performances. Uh, Caveats for this movie, though, there is a sexual assault about twenty minutes in, roughly. It is it happens sort of in media res, so we don't see it in it. We, we 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 come upon it during it, but then there is restitution within that same scene. It is halted, and uh, you know the the accuser the the assaulter gets what's coming to him. And I knew this going in, and I was very, very... That's a big thing for me. I cannot watch movies with that in it, usually. It's a big trigger for me. But I, I, I soldiered through it, and it, it was less... It was it, it was easier to watch than I thought it was going to be, but that's not to say it's easy to watch. So, like, heads up for anybody for whom that might be a thing. And it is also, because it's Jeremy Saulnier, it's violent. <laughs> um, I read a review of it after the fact that talked about... There's this big shootout that's, like, nine or ten minutes long kind of in the middle of the movie that is really really beautifully done but it really and the reviews talked about how it does a really good job of showing like the heft of human bodies being hurt like it doesn't really shy away from that mm-hmm. in a way that I thought found very effective so it's not a cheery watch but it's so moody it's so atmospheric it's almost like you're not literally going to another dimension but it's you're in such a different place mm-hmm. Green Room is very and Green Room is it's also a very claustrophobic movie this is about big open spaces um so I say if you liked Green Room or seen some of his other... I haven't seen his other movies. Um, but also, it's just... It, it's a really interesting thriller. It's very visual. It's very pretty. And Jeffrey Wright is my man. So yeah. Hold the Dark. Neat. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty good. It's a, it's a cool movie. And it, it's, it's a Netflix... I like uh, wolves. <laughs> uh, no wolves were harmed in the making of it, so you're good. Good, good. Yeah, if, if, if The Grey was, was too much of an actioner for you... And it's also it's a Netflix original, so it's streaming perennially on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Letters. Letter grades. 
What, what did I give Jurassic yeah. Park? This is a weird. This is a weird poll, but I want. I asked this last time. This is. I think you're going with a good metric here. I need to. I need to figure out. No, we did it that far back. All right. Uh, you gave Jurassic Park an A. Britain okay. gave it an A plus. I gave it an A minus. I'm I like, remember my logic in giving it an A. It feels like it has less weight now because all I can think about is the scenes where they see the big dinosaurs and they're like, Whoa! "Gosh!" But huh? um, I'll stick with that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna revert <laughs> anything. Um, but I think I am going with A plus for this. It was. It was kind of waffling. Um, talking about it, th- thinking about it a little bit more than I have in a while. I, I think I gotta give it to it. Yeah, really, man. really enjoy this movie. Yeah, no shade. I'm gonna go flat A. Um, really, for Ooh, no a little, other little flip there. We'll yeah, really. For, yeah, for no other oh reason than like. God. I think I just have more affection for Jurassic Park, which is, sure. I mean, not they're not the same movie by any means. But yeah, a, a flat A because similar A plus is something for me. I'm like I have to have such a huge reaction to it. Um, and I, yeah, but yeah, flat A sounds right to me, Alex. Speaking of A. Like I said at the beginning, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be the downer of, of the group. This is why he's going to give it a C-. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> what if I just I keep be... saying the grade about that until I stop so that it, like, you're like, <laughs> oh, look at all those grades you could have given it that you didn't, and then it makes you look better. See, I appreciate you helping me out. See, you're out giving there, it a but, C. You but, have, but okay. this, <laughs> this is this is the hill I will die on. <laughs> um, I'm going B plus. Uh, <laughs> that might be the most confusing, confused reaction Britain has ever had. Yeah, if we had an onomatopoeia for that, it would be boyoyoying. What? Actually, I, when we were walking in, I was I was considering like B or B minus. Um, I think the conversation is kind of bumped that up a little bit. Um, I, well, I, I I figured most people would be like A range yeah. movie, and I I can't quite get there. Um, like it's one of those things where I was like, I recognize everything that's great about it. I just I, I don't. It's not, it's not that I don't care. It's just yeah. I, I find myself. Number one, not remembering it all that much, like after the fact. Like, it's not something I'm constantly thinking about. Like, wow, that was like a really good movie, and I need to watch that again. Mm. It's more just okay. That's an, it's another an, another one off the bucket list of all the yeah. the IMDb top two fifty. I need to watch, or you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like you're going intellectually. I recognize all the merit, but then the part that the audience brings the emotional response. You're like, I can't give it as much as other people give it. I recognize correct. all the merit. But then I'm not completing Which, that. Which, as we know, is not the correct way to grade movies, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yes, because literally everything is objective. That's and accurate. everyone's grade should be the exact same. That's correct. Because what's wrong with you? I'm going to have a talk with Britain afterwards about why he didn't also give it an A+. <laughs> Alex, you'll be receiving your talk in the mail in a strongly worded letter. <laughs> it's, a, it's a howler from Harry Potter. Um, it's going to scream at you. It's fine. At work, specifically. Yep. But yeah, I, I just... I don't know, and, and I do genuinely think it's because I didn't grow up with Indiana Jones the way a lot of people did. Um, so I just, like, no nostalgia ties. And whatsoever. it's very similar with me and the James Bond movies, where yes. yeah. because I had such an ambivalence to... I mean, obviously, I feel... I, I didn't grow up with Indiana Jones either, right? but still, like, I know what you mean. You also didn't have to go through seven Indiana Jones yeah, movies to get true. to this one. I, I think I also, well, also just... With, with, with two, the, I, I know what you mean, where... There, regardless of how well made a movie is, you st- there is still the affection yes. element. So yeah, I yeah. totally get that. And also, to be fair, 
none of the Bond movies that we've reviewed other than Casino Royale have been in my A range. So, mm-hmm. what did you give Skyfall? B plus. Um, so, it's all on par with Raiders. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if giving Raiders a B plus is a hot take or not. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I assumed it was, so that's why I prepped everyone ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I don't know. I, I think it's probably fine. Shouldn't get too many death threats, you know. Nah, no, no more than we usually do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I originally gave the Amazing Spider-Man a B plus when we when we did that. Sure. So, but uh, that's also not like. A ringing endorsement. Yeah. You know. And B is good. Close I mean, this isn't like the video game through. rating system where it's like, a 7 out of 10, it must be garbage. <laughs> B is still I, B is still passing. Yeah. Like, it's still quite positive. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, once again, it's kind of the thing where on the internet you have to, like, e- either give it everything or sure, nothing. Sure, sure. Um, it has to be full-on A+, plus or F, F-, minus. it's the worst thing you ever made. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's good. Also, B+, plus would be my superhero name, so, you know. Oh, well, no, wow. when, actually, take that back. Great Britain would be my superhero name, and sure. B-plus would be my sidekick. Anyway. I thought you were going to say B-minus would be your superhero name. Oh, <laughs> It's me, B-minus. Let's make a difference, I guess. <laughs> well, I think uh, the the gooblins and ghoulies and ghosts and spooks have, uh, have, have uh, quieted for the moment, so... Tyler and I can finish staying the night in this haunted mansion, and then we get to keep it. Um, we'll see you guys next week, or maybe our ghosts will. Oh my! Until God. then, I can. See, you'll z- never know because you can't see us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very. True. You won't know. Maybe um, Alex has actually been a been a ghost since episode thirty four. Um, <laughs> we we didn't think it was. We just never found oh, a good you, time to tell you, you guys. You know, like, Tyler, you give me too much credit. I was dead long before that. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't a ghost. I was dead. Yeah, I was time. dead around whenever we did X Men Three, whatever episode that was. <laughs> Please tell me it's episode thirty four. Um, it's episode no thirty four is Batman Forever. <laughs> that's when you became a ghost. That's, I actually like that. That's movie. when you. That's not. That's fair. when you ascended. No, no, you came back from the dead yes, as a ghost yes. because of Batman. To forever. see Batman Forever, because you were like, of, you know, if Batman can be forever, so can I. So Joel Schumacher Alex will forever. be to live. Joel well, Schumacher uh, exercised you and made you a big ghost boy. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You, you can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us on iTunes if you search Here Come the Sequels. And you can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Right in. Tell us what you think. I thought you were saying right on. Right on. Right on. Right on, brother. Well, uh, But also right in. Yeah. Uh, until next week, this is the corporeal form of Britain. Oh, my God. That's all I have. Okay. Next week, I'm Temple Tyler. of Doom. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, artist objective. Nothing is real. Whatever.